الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الخلق وسيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين. اللهم افتح لنا فتحا بها وارزقنا رزقا مباركا كريما. اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the gracious, the merciful, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon his Prophet Muhammad and upon his family and all of those who follow in his footsteps. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Dear brothers, dear sisters, especially those online, Assalamu alaikum Welcome to this new virtual session. Uh, we're going to implement, inshallah, ICCP. We'll talk about the reasons and the context of all of this. So if you've joined us, alhamdulillah, welcome. And uh, let's get used to this, inshallah. So moving forward from this Friday, for the next several weeks, uh, until further notice, um, when we resume the Friday prayers, we figured we want to stay connected to the community and provide the guidance, the spiritual support, um, that all of us as a community need in these hard times. So at the time of the Jum'ah prayers, at 1.15, there will be no Jum'ah prayer here in the mosque, but what we'll do, inshallah, is live stream a talk in replacement of the khutbah that all of you at home or at work can listen to and benefit from. However, this is not a Jum'ah prayer for you, so what you need to do is, you know, tune in, listen, and benefit, but pray duhur for inshallah, at home or in your private spaces or at work. Um, having said this, alhamdulillah, so expect this every Friday, we'll also live stream our halakas from ICCP, Friday night with Brother Tariq, myself, Sunday morning, and inshallah, we'll find every way possible to stay connected with you as a community. We're here for you to provide any level of support you need, uh, spiritually, religiously, emotionally. Reach out to us if you need anything, but I would encourage you highly to, inshallah, uh, stay connected and tune in to these live streams because they'll contain significant, relevant content that all of us need in these times. All of us are thinking about the coronavirus. There is not a soul on earth. Amazingly, not just a particular community, a particular race, a particular gender. It's an extraordinary thing that everybody on this earth, nations, um, uh, countries, races, uh, people, regardless of age, even children are talking about the coronavirus, and uh, there is a level of fear that is unprecedented because we're not used to these times. We're not used to this uh, type of trial that all of us have been introduced to just a couple of weeks ago. This is a time to reflect on all of this. This is a time to answer questions that all of us are asking that we don't have answers for. What I'm going to do in the next... Uh, 20 minutes or so is attempt to provide all of us an answer uh, from our Islamic perspective, from the Quranic and, and prophetic guidance that helps us to navigate these difficult times, these difficult trials, not just physically, but also spiritually and emotionally so that we understand the context of all of this. And so that we understand that this is a means to get closer to close and closer to Allah So what I'll do is I'll discuss this from two levels today. This whole crisis, this devastating trial called the coronavirus, this, this insidious, uh, pervasive, uh, wide and far uh, spreading virus that has afflicted this earth. When we look at it and when we hear all these difficult news of people dying, of colleges uh, shutting down, of, of the stock market plummeting, of people dying, 
how do we deal with this? And I'm going to talk about two levels. First of all, the religious level, the Sharia perspective that will help us understand how to answer questions, such simple questions such as, well, am I obligated to hold Jum'ah prayers? Here we are, we have to suspend Jum'ah prayers at ICCP. And I'll explain why. And why it's a religious duty. But am I accountable in front of Allah? This is a very important question. What do I do if I'm not um, participating in a Jum'ah prayer and I'm not able to participate in a Jum'ah prayer? Do I miss out on the reward, etc.? What is the foundation of that decision? And why is it important to suspend Jum'ah prayers in these times is also a question I'm going to help you understand today. Second, and even more important, is the perspective, the spiritual perspective. What is it that we need in our hearts and souls to help us navigate through these times so we are you know, able to find fortification and strength, so we can, can become role models for our children in these times, so that we attain and receive the highest of blessings and rewards. Because I'm going to tell you from now, the mercies, the virtues, the blessings contained within a trial of this nature are unimaginable. So who would have thought that these could also be very special time for all of us? Special time to reflect on blessings and also understand what Allah is asking us to think about. Many people are frantic, but the faithful, those who are connected to Allah, are aware of bigger lessons and bigger meanings to think about. Let us begin, inshallah. As you're aware, as I said, we all heard of the directive from the uh, state, state of Maryland, and also local government, you know, releasing directives to discourage people from public gatherings, even places of worship. And why are they doing this? Because they deemed it to be a public health concern, this coronavirus, to be a serious threat to the health and to the well-being and to the lives of people. And many people, believe it or not, are actually already carrying the virus. Do not be fooled by the confirmed cases of the coronavirus. Some people think, well, it's only like some people, people in Montgomery County. Those are the confirmed cases of people who have been tested. How many people are not tested, right? Virtually everybody else. So the virus is actually already present in tens of thousands of people and they don't even know that they have it. So imagine when they come in contact, close contact with others, they're going to infect them without even knowing. So religiously speaking, it's incumbent upon us as Muslims, and this is part of our faith, to comply with directives of the governments and the authorities that we live under. So in the state of Maryland and the national government issues a directive advising us to do something specific, especially in times of crisis like this, we have to listen and obey but when we listen and obey, we're not sacrificing. We're actually complying even with our religious guidelines. Allah asks us to do this. So we had to yesterday, and we've been monitoring, the board of ICD monitoring this, you know, hour by hour, and waiting for directives and recommendations from the government. When they asked us to not congregate and discourage this, we took it upon ourselves, just as the rest of the mosques in this area, to suspend every activity at RCCP, just as it is the case with every other masjid, including something as important as Jum'ah prayers. So you can tell it's un unprecedented times. What's the foundation of this? Is there a foundation? Absolutely, in our jurisprudence, in our sharia. Founded upon, it's founded upon a beautiful 
authentic hadith of Rasulullah where he says, There is no harm and there's no cause of harm. Meaning what? Meaning that harm to the well-being, to the lives of human beings, is something we have to be most cautious of and protect at all costs, at all costs. And it takes precedence, minimizing harm to people and to ourselves. And saving their lives takes precedence even over religious duties such as Jum'ah prayers. If we deem it important, or if we deem it a danger to gather in a Jum'ah prayer, think about what happens in a Jum'ah prayer. People are worshiping next to each other. One person, if they have the virus, they can spread it to hundreds of people. And those hundreds will affect thousands, and et cetera, et cetera. Suddenly, we've not only put people in danger, right? And we can be costing them their lives, but also we're straining our hospitals, our doctors, and the public you know, services, public health services. So we're actually costing, you know, uh, essentially causing harm to 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 unimaginable unimaginable uh, uh, numbers of people across this land and earth. Imagine by us just deciding to not even pay attention to these important things. Uh, it's of paramount importance in Sharia. One of the central, most important objectives in our Sharia is actually the preservation of human life. Imagine. That's the beauty of our faith. It says your life and my life are so important. Not only your life, but you protecting the lives of others, including paying attention to their needs, physical needs particularly, and spiritual and emotional, and ensuring they stay alive, is greater than you <clears throat> congregated to worship in a private church. That's an amazing thing to, to learn about the beauty of wow. our faith. Number two, Allah says in the Quran, Allah once ease for you and not That's a beautiful rule in our faith. Wherever you're faced with two opinions, two options, one is more difficult than both are valid Islamically, you going with the easier one is actually virtuous, more virtuous Islamically. That's a beautiful thing. And I'll share with you what Rasulullah did. We have a precedent for this. We have teachings from Rasulullah because he dealt with this issue. He dealt with this issue. Let me share with you a beautiful example. And that shows that the, that the example I'm going to give you, the, the, the time or the incident that I'm going to share with you is much lesser than that. Rasulullah at a time when the rain was very coming down like a torrent in Medina, and it caused a lot of mud in the streets, and there were not paved streets at the time. You, do you know that he asked or commanded the Mu'adhan, the one who calls for the prayer, in the Masjid of Rasulullah to say after he said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashadu Allah, Ilah, Allah, Ashadu Allah, Allah, when it came to saying, people come to prayer, come to prayer, he said to him, say to them, in the Adam, pray at home, pray at home, pray at home, pray at home. Why? So that people don't suffer walking to the masjid and struggle with the mud. Can you imagine? Just, they're not, their lives are not in danger, but they'll be inconvenienced and struggle and cause, you know, face hardship because they're walking in the mud and the rain is on. Is, 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 is showering them. Rasulullah was so considerate and concerned about that that he said, pray at home. What about times like this when there is a virus invading earth and threatening people's lives and it's real and it's spreading like wildfire? Isn't that more dangerous than just rain falling on a street and causing 
you know, difficulty, minor inconveniences, that's our faith, brothers and sisters. So but from all of this, we fully understand that indeed, Rasulullah was very keen on this. Islam asks us to really take this matter very seriously. We found that Rasulullah and this is really interesting, out of concern and sensitivity to the Muslims even coming to pray. In a very beautiful hadith, he said, those of you who ate garlic, garlic, they're not carrying a virus. Garlic at home, and what happens when you eat garlic? We know the deal, right? We're going to smell. He said, don't come to the masjid for Salat al-Jama'ah, pray at home. Why? Because the smell coming out of your mouth and your body is going to harm the individuals next to you, and they'll be bothered by the smell. So it's pray at home. Again, what about this? When a human being might be carrying a virus, and we might be putting their lives and the lives of others at risk. Do you see the logic of our faith and how beautiful it is? Rasulullah also commented on times of infectious diseases. This is brilliant. It's beautiful. From 1400 years ago, we see a beautiful foundation in our faith and beautiful guidelines being prescribed. Rasulullah says, if you hear the plague in a land, don't enter it. And if it breaks out at a place that you happen to be in, do not leave it. Well, first of all, He's talking about the plague, and you know the plague is a very specific infectious you know, condition. Very serious. But does he only mean the plague? No, he doesn't. The scholars looked at this and said, every infectious disease is being, is, 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 is also included in this term. Every infectious disease. So what does Rasulullah say? He said that if you hear of an infectious disease, essentially, breaking out in a particular land, don't go there. Don't say, well, uh, you know, no, no, I'm going to go do uh, hajj there. Because Allah has me to do hajj and I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm earning greater reward because I'm doing a striving for Allah's sake. He says, don't enter it. Why? Because you can be sick. And if you're sick, you can infect others. Your life matters. Don't enter it. Protect yourself over even religious duties being performed there. Clear instruction. What if you're in a land, city, country? where that infectious disease breaks out. What does he tell you? Don't leave it. What's the term for that? Quarantine. Would you have thought that our faith, Rasulullah spoke of quarantines from 1400 years ago? They're very effective means. And he asked us to quarantine just to ensure that the disease doesn't spread. Wow, that is our faith. He said when he was asked about the plague and infectious diseases, Aisha you know, asked him the question, Oh, oh, Prophet of Allah, what do we make of this when it happens? He said that indeed the plague, i.e. infectious diseases, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, meaning that Rasulullah invited us to reflect upon. He said the plague or any infectious disease when it happens, it's a torment for human beings. Isn't it a torment? Look at, the, look at the harm that it has spread. Look at the fear. Look at the anxiety and the apprehension. Look at people dying and, and experiencing incredible pain. Look at el the elderly who are particularly at risk. Look at the fear among the children. Look at the suspension of services. And look at people not being able to earn an income, right? In, in, who, who work in restaurants or in service industries. Look and think of the poor. And think of people who cannot find anything on the shelves of markets right now and don't have the, you know, the money to earn. Wow, what a 
and torment. And imagine now those who don't believe in Allah, so it becomes like a punishment for them because all they know is this world. So it's a real torment. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but Allah has made it a mercy for the believers. I have to follow upon this and say, mercy? These times? This hard trial? This devastating pandemic? Is that mercy? mercy from Allah? Rasulullah says, if you understand. Mercy from Allah. And he said to Allah, there is not a soul, a servant of Allah, where who resides in a place that this plague or infectious disease breaks out. There is not a believer who is in that place where it breaks out. And he or she stays in that place. Patient. Patient. Endure. Patient. And number two, muhtasiban ya'lamu anna He's wishing for the reward of Allah knowing that nothing afflicts him or her except what Allah decrees. Except that they shall receive the reward of a shaheed. Water. Water. I have goosebumps sharing this. Rasulullah said, if you're in a town, any place, right, where the plague or the infectious disease breaks out, and you just sit there, say, I'm going to stay in this town. I'm not traveling. I'm going to stay with my family, my community. I'm going to be patient. Patient means it's from Allah. I'm enduring this. It's hard, right? I'm not going to complain. Patient means I'm not going to blame it on an Aisha or the president. I'm not going to blame it on, on China or Bangladesh or America. I'm not going to sit and whine about it and say, well, if it wasn't for this and this and that, this would not have happened. Patient means it's the free ball, right? I'm going to hang in there, right? Knowing is from Allah. That's patient. Second condition, to look forward to the reward of Allah. Bear that in mind. Look forward to the reward of Allah. And say, whatever afflicts me is from Allah, good or bad, if you have fulfilled those two conditions, even if you don't get sick, and you don't have to die, imagine without dying or being infected, you already received the reward of a martyr. You shall meet Allah like a martyr. Can you imagine? This is an opportunity given to us right now. An opportunity given to us. Every single person who's hearing this, who heard of this hadith, right now, can have the intention and the thought in their mind, Ya Allah, make me a shaheed. Here we are. We have an unprecedented opportunity. We can't imagine who amongst us lived through a time like this. None of us. You know, it's, it, we've never experienced this. And here we are. My children, your children have also like experienced this. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Even though it's very hard for you and me to be getting the reward of a shaheed, shaheed, right? By doing two things, just being patient and enduring and not complaining and whining. And number two, saying, oh, Allah, reward me, give me the reward of a shaheed. May Allah grant all of us the reward of a shaheed. That means every single soul, every single person who believes in Allah, grant them the reward of a shaheed. There's nothing higher, by the way. To reach Allah, the highest ranking people under their judgment are the shaheeds. And imagine just those of us just staying here, hanging, hanging in there with our country, with earth, just to say it's from Allah. Ya Allah, give us the reward and make us good people in these times. Patient, God, done, promise of Allah. So it is very important now, I'm going to switch to the spiritual perspective. We need to, first of all, undertake all precautionary measures. It's part of our faith. To wash your hands constantly. 
minimize distance between you and others. Brothers and sisters, yeah, we love hugging and kissing as Muslims. Don't do it, right? Don't do it. Seriously, this is part of our faith at this point. Exercise caution, right? Avoid crowds. All of this is part of our faith. Listen to the authorities when they prescribe guidelines and policies. Part of our faith. You're earning the word of Allah when you do that. But number two, spiritually. But my heart is still afraid. I'm anxious. Our children are anxious. My daughter just yesterday said, oh my goodness. What's going to happen? We're going to die? Right? Children. What kind of, imagine if they look at parents and the parents are freaked out. How do they feel? Are we afraid? If we're afraid, it's natural. We're human beings. Allah reminds us in the Quran that this is a realm of toil. Wallahi, this virus came to remind us. And this is a very significant spiritual angle on this whole thing. That those who don't believe in Allah and in a, in a, in a, in a spiritual realm and a reality beyond this world will never connect with. We have a gift, treasure. Where we see this indeed as nothing but a test from Allah because this life is a realm of toil and pain. We shall afflict you something of fear, hunger, loss of life, health, etc. And glad tidings to the patients. Those who are afflicted, they say, The first thought that comes to the believer when they're afflicted, when their community, country is afflicted, is, We belong to Allah. And to whom we return. When you get this, Allah says special mercies will come to you. The protection of Allah will come to you. This is amazing. So within these times, we have to pay attention to this virus that Allah sent. His decree. And we might be looking at something as harmful, and it is harmful. But within this trial are mercies of Allah. We have to understand as Muslims that this is Qadarullah, the perfect decree of Allah. Perfect. There's no avoidance of it. And you are, and I are meant to go through it, and it's perfect. Behind this pain, behind the struggle, behind these deaths, behind these trials, is a purpose, divine purpose, bigger than our imagination. We'll never understand. There's a lot of good in this beyond our imagination. I mentioned one. You can get the reward of a shaheed. This is a time to remember that life is fragile. Isn't it true? Those of us who are living life, we forgot. Like, you know, that life has an end. The sooner or later we're going to die. Well, Allah came to shake us a little bit, wake us, awaken us out of our unconsciousness. We're racing through life and we forgot that things will catch up with us. And that whether today or 10 years from now or 50 years, we're going to have to go back to Allah. This microscopic creature, Allah tells us in the Quran, it's a soldier of Allah. And no one knows the soldiers of your Lord but he can imagine. I was thinking, it's about a coronavirus, we can't see it, causing death, etc. It's a soldier of God, and he's controlling it, yes. Just as he controls the heavens and the earth and the mountains and your heartbeats, Allah tells us it's under my control. Everything, the heavens and on earth, are under the control and power. And look at how weak we are in the midst of this. Against a microscopic creature we cannot see, the whole world is at, is at its knees. We don't know what to do. We're powerless, we're weak, we're fragile, we're vulnerable. Allah came to remind us. It doesn't matter what weapons you have, what resources you have, you cannot deal with this. And it's going to take some time for us to figure out solutions, physical solutions. This is a time to humble the heart, say, subhanAllah, how powerful is Allah, has the religion. 
how mighty is Allah Azza wa Jal, that we have no control over ourselves to benefit ourselves, to harm ourselves, it's all from Allah. And Rasulullah told Abdullah ibn Abbas, know that if the entire world came to benefit you, they cannot benefit you, except with what Allah decreed for you. And when they, if they come to harm you, they cannot harm you, except with what, what Allah decreed against you. That's it. The pens have been lifted and the ink has dried. If it afflicts you, alhamdulillah, it's with you. If it doesn't, alhamdulillah, you're going to get a reward either way with Allah. Imagine how the peace will have in our hearts when we think about this. Allah's in control, Allah's mighty, and we're so fragile and so weak. And that behind this is a greater good you and I do not understand. But the mercy of Allah is there. Now let me share with you something else. Indeed, the causes of death are plentiful, but the death is one. Whether it is the coronavirus, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a storm, whether it's an illness, doesn't matter, we're going to have to return back to Allah. And this is a very significant message. Each breath is taken us closer and closer to Allah. In the meantime, what do we do with these trials and deeds with us? What Allah is looking for. That spiritual, faithful response from our hearts is what Allah is looking for. Let me wrap up with this. This is really indeed a time to look at the heavens, to look at Allah himself and seek his help and seek his guidance and seek his fortification because there is no one that can protect us and, 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 and comfort us but Allah Azza wa Jalla. in the midst of the hardest of trials, he would look at Allah and say, Allah has to be Allah, Allah is sufficient for me. When he was in the cave with Abu Bakr and there, there is fear upon them, the enemy is about to grab them and kill them. Abu Bakr is concerned about Rasulullah and Rasulullah says to him, don't worry, what do you think of two? The third of whom is Allah, Allah is with you. 24-7, he doesn't sleep. Wow, imagine when you think about that, thought suddenly you'll calm down. It is he who protected Yusuf in the well, right? He was left alone to die by his brothers. It is he who protected Musa when he was put into the basket in the river. And Allah commanded the river to protect him, right? No worries in these times for the believer. And it's the mercy of Allah. It's time to get closer and closer to Allah because of this. Maybe Allah wants us to plead with Him, to cry out to Him. We forget about Allah in times of ease. When the ease is taken, we realize our weakness and how much we need Allah. This is a time that reminds us of how much we need Allah. My daughter yesterday said to me, I never appreciated school. Now when the school is taken away, I love school. I'm like, oh, subhanAllah, right? When Allah removes the blessing, even the Jum'ah prayer, community, I'm missing already the opportunity to eat with my brothers and sisters and Sunday morning we hang out and wow, that hug, can't do it right now. Allah says, don't take it for granted, it's a blessing of Allah. All of earth is your brothers and your sisters, we're all going through this pain. That's an amazing lesson about interconnection. My pain is the same pain as the one in China and in Australia and in Zambia and in South Africa and in Italy. SubhanAllah, we're all our brothers and sisters, and Allah is reminding us of our interconnection. doesn't differentiate this trial between race, gender, age. We all belong to Allah. That's what we're supposed to do. Let me wrap up with a couple of things that Rasulullah used to do. But Rasulullah number one, asks us to take care of our duties with Allah. And he said, if you do so, Allah will take care of you. It doesn't mean no harm. It means Allah will be with you to give you what's best for you. Right? But here's what he says. Rasulullah every single day, I'm going to share with you two simple things that Allah will wrap up. He said, 
There is nothing you can seek protection from Allah against. Nothing. You can ask Allah when you're weak and you're turning to Allah saying, Ya Allah, what do I say? He says, say the, 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 the last two surahs of the Quran. Especially, you know, the Ma'awadatayn and Qulhu Allah. In a hadith, he specifically said, there is nothing you can invoke Allah with better than this. To say the surahs of what? Qul a'udhu birabbil falaq. Qul a'udhu birabbil nas. Three times in the morning, three times at night. And add al-ikhlas. Rasulullah every single morning and evening before he went to bed, he used to say, and here's how you do it. Put your hands like this and say out, you know, When you're done, do nafah. Air from your with from your from your mouth, blow and watch yourself. He does this three times in the morning. And then repeat it again. The three surahs and, and do tuf, 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 and why? Over your whole body, including your hands. And do it a third time. Three surahs, <clears throat> Rasulullah says, Allah will protect you. Do it with your children. Do it with your parents. Remind the community about this. Number two, I'll wrap with this, is a beautiful dua. Rasulullah said, if you say this three times in the morning, three times at night, Allah will protect you from all evils and harms. What is a dua? Bismillah in the name of Allah, with whose name nothing harms in the heavens or on earth. And He is the all hearing, the all knowing. In the name of Allah, with whose name nothing harms in the heavens. And on earth, and he is the all-hearing, all-knowing. You say three times when you wake up, three times when you go to bed. Teach it to your children and family. Spread this good. And Allah will protect you, inshallah. We wrap with this. Don't forget your brothers and sisters across this earth who are suffering. This is a time of social responsibility. We're obligated to take care of others. To make dua for them, not just for our families. Every single soul on this earth. This is an affliction that hit all of us on this earth. Everybody is a creature of Allah, including the animal. That we ask for Allah to protect them, to lift the afflictions off of them, and to reach out to those who need us, the elderly. Allah, just heard of this story. Pay attention to this. Yesterday, there was a couple, elderly, I heard about, who were standing in front of a, a shopping center with a shopping list in their hands, and they're in the car, and they couldn't, couldn't get out because they're terrified of going to the market. Because they said, if we go in, we'll get sick. And they, stood, they just stayed in the car. They had to return. Part of those of us who are young, strong, they need our help. Clean their homes, do shopping for them. These are the souls of Allah, Allah in these times, that care about others and show concern and mercy towards others, who cannot feed themselves, who are fragile, who are vulnerable, making God for them, and just saying, what, what else can I do? Right? So with this, we wrap up, inshallah. May Allah bless you, inshallah. We'll this was a detailed kind of perspective on it from a, from a from, you know uh, our uh, you know kind of a, from a religious angle, a spiritual angle. We'll stay tuned with you. We'll provide you additional pointers and guidance throughout this time until this uh, uh, you know directive is lifted uh, for us to gather in the masjid. At that time, shall we'll come back and gather. Meanwhile, take care of your families. Pray at home. Your you know your you know your normal prayer for us. Do not come to the masjid as of yet until, inshallah, you hear from all of us. Stay tuned for the halakas. There will also be a live stream. Make dark for all of us. And if you need anything, reach out to us at ICCD.
We ask Allah to bless all of us, our relatives and our families. We ask Allah to protect our brothers and sisters across this earth. Every single soul, every single animal, every single living thing that is afflicted. We ask Allah to relieve their suffering and to lift, lift this affliction and this trial from everyone on this earth. We ask Allah to protect everyone and to guard their safety and to guard their well-being and to guard their lives. We ask Allah to fortify us with faith, to grant us the best in this world and in the hereafter, to make us role models and a source of mercy for all those who are around us. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Salat al-Zahra, Jamal. Salat al-Zahra, Jamal.